god. <laughs> Welcome to another amazing episode of Days and Amuse podcast. I am your host, Unique Bernique, aka B. B. <laughs> um, I'm a day late. I know. I still owe you another episode. I know. There has been a lot of switching and changing going on in my life. Um, I feel like from this past weekend, I definitely have come to understanding that this chapter in my life has closed and I'm moving on to a different and newer chapter. Um, there was definitely some like... <sighs> just stress that was associated with it um one being I was working two jobs um one full-time one part-time and that was fine like I'm used to handling like two things at once or or having two jobs at once um what it was is um one of the jobs became very toxic very fast I was only in that job for about a month Um, and it definitely gave me, uh, vibes that were the exact same as, um, the previous CBD company that I used to work for. And, um, it was not okay. Um, I realized that, uh, unfortunately some of these business owners don't have the best business practices. And that, um, also includes when communicating with their employees, um, one of the owners that we had to uh, interact with was very condescending, very demeaning. Um, and then when you would call her out on it, she would be like, oh, I was joking. And it's like, that's the type of shit that like fucking bullies used to say to their teachers anytime they got car or was told on like this girl said that she didn't like my dress or it, I, I know it's deeper than that but it just it gave me those vibes um and there's a lot of gaslighting that was involved and I I was like nope <laughs> nope we have gotten so far with my mental health um that I'm not going to revert back to my old ways of just kind of like taking it um and unfortunately something similar in the sense of not being toxic but um realizing that it was to a point where I couldn't do anything further um with my full-time job oh well no that actually wasn't it wasn't really full-time it was part-time where I sometimes got full-time hours um I originally was (laughs) full-time but it it got to the point where Um, I unfortunately was working with an individual who, um, said a lot of things that were anti-COVID, um, in the sense of saying it's a hoax, um, they're amping up the numbers, you know, all these people aren't really being affected, which is fine. People are allowed to have their own opinions in the workplace and around me, but I felt like it, it directly was against what we were working towards like we were a nonprofit whose primary um um clients were those who were affected by covid like literally 
we were helping people not fucking be evicted because they had lost their jobs or had to cut their hours uh, because of, of child care or because they caught COVID or because they got laid off because um, their job closed, whatever it was. And so hearing her say that and I'm like, excuse me, like those are the people that we're helping. Like, and, and she unfortunately is one of those people that gets really comfortable really fast with expressing like her views and her ways. And again, she's one of those that would be like, you know, whenever you would be like, eh, I don't know about that with the statement that she would say, she would just be like, I'm just kidding. And I am so tired of people just just being like, I'm just kidding. No, you're not. You're not. That's how you truly like feel. And it's OK. Like people have differences of opinion but like stop trying to mask it as like I'm just joking because I don't joke when it comes to the black community I don't joke when it comes to my people who are being the most affected by COVID so here we are um luckily I start a new job next week so I get about um a week and a half of just relaxing, getting myself together, getting prepared, um, putting my apartment together. So like I literally zipped through so much stuff. Uh, my tapestries are up, my my pictures are up. It, it really looks like, you know, homey space. Um, there's just a few more things that I have to take care of. And it's like, that sigh of relief I feel like it was just this buildup of like um of being anxious of being stressed of being overwhelmed and now it's just like like a sigh of 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 relief <laughs> um today we are enjoying um what is this wedding crasher let's look that shit up and we will be recording our session today on our lovely leafly app to keep track of how we feel about a uh, wedding crasher oh this shit smells dank already <laughs> let's see my two experiences i had bubble gum okay and dog jam Um, what is this string called? Wedding Crasher. <laughs> I wonder where they come up with these names. Like, what make them be like, this is what I'm going to name this. Okay. And... In addition to using our Relief app to track our strain, we are also going to our Trustly Leafly app in order to look up the strain. So, uh, Wedding Crasher is a hybrid. It is also known as Wedding Crashers and is made of crossing wedding cake and purple punch. Produced by Symbiotic Genetics, Wedding Crasher mixes the smooth vanilla flavors of wedding cake with the sweet grape notes of purple punch. Symbiotic has developed a mellow, earthy strain with a sharp, gassy highlight and sweet berry finish. All right. 
we gonna see about the relaxation finish. Okay. Also, we're smoking out of a bong. That's one thing I forgot to keep doing is saying what we're smoking out of are we. What I'm smoking out of, um, I will say, um, there might be a, a couple of episodes where, where we have our our lovely other previous co-host, Kirsten, come on. Um, there's definitely uh, some things that I feel like she can provide knowledge on and wealth on now, there ha- now that there has been a shift in Days and Amuse, so... Who knows? You might hear some, hear her on some episodes coming up. So, you know. Okay. This one is for. This for this one is for all the amazing people that I have connected with on TikTok um, that have been a mental support that I thought I would never have. Um, I just wanted to, to put that out there because I know I've had a social media uh, episode before. We talked about, you know, the dangers of social media. We talked about why I love social media. And, like, they, these past weeks really have shown me, like, you know, it, it gave me faith in humanity. Like, there's people who I've never met in person um, who I've only interacted with online and they regularly check in on my mental health, knowing, you know, my situation with losing my brother, knowing that, you know, that time frame is coming up, knowing how stressful it's been with, you know, my job. So here's to y'all for for caring about a little, a little bee living in the Midwest trying to 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 make it and you have offered me a lot of emotional support there's so many of y'all out there so i truly appreciate it cheers my cat's probably gonna like start meowing because he likes to play in the smoke it's so weird like he'll just like look at it you know all swirling in the air and then like we'll be like playing with it it's the cutest thing ever but I'm also like sir (laughs) when I buy you toys you don't play with them Shout out to you too, Bubby, for being an amazing son. I think you've helped me more than I've helped you. (laughs) All right, so today's episode, um, I always say I'm excited to get into today's today's episode, but I really am excited about all the uh, topics that we do because they're topics that just like somehow come up. So, this one came up um, as I was talking uh, with my best friend Kirsten and couldn't, I don't even know how we got on the topic of education, but um, we somehow were talking about, uh, oh, I know what we're talking about. So, 
we're talking about my new shift with this job and how I have a bit of a break um, uh, to just not do anything. Uh, and as much as my mentality has been, you always have to be on the go. You always you need to be protected productive um i'm really enjoying this time because um i was telling uh i was telling kirsten that i've been on the go as far as like schooling education working all of that since i i freaking started school um from the very beginning i would say okay so we moved to alaska when i was in first grade from germany um and when I was in Alaska, my first grade year, I don't think I did any quote unquote extracurricular activities. Um, mind you, I know some of you are going to be like, what extracurriculars for like elementary school kids? We, I, I was living on base. Um, I, it's, it took me moving from an on-base school to a off-base like regular public school to realize how different things are um, and I'll definitely get into that um, but when it came to extracurriculars like there were so many different things that uh, I did starting from like second grade on um, so in second grade, I remember being part one of this cultural club where we would learn about uh, all these different cultures around the world um, and try fruit foods from them. And I thought it was really good. Um, I cannot remember the teacher's name for the life of me, but I know it was like Mr. It was something with an L and it, it was a like very unique name. I, I know I have some report cards from him, so I'm definitely going to, like, try to figure him out and see if he's, he's still around because he was a really great teacher. I had really impactful teachers, and I think that's one thing I can truly appreciate from my my education experience. Um, but so I've been doing extracurriculars since, like, second grade. Um, when I was in third grade, I started doing uh, – American Sign Language, and I also took uh, Spanish after school. Um, fourth grade, I um, did gymnastics. Fifth grade, uh, that is when I moved from Alaska to Illinois. And um, fifth grade, I did band. Oh, I started band in third grade. I forgot that. I literally started band in third grade. So I've been doing band since third grade. Um, fifth grade, I I did um, not only band, but I also did cheerleading. And then I was also, like, I know this is more like morning school type stuff, but I was also like hall monitor. Um what else sixth grade oh and I did basketball fifth grade and sixth grade as well as cheerleading fifth grade and sixth grade let's see I did starting in seventh grade cheerleading and theater and then I also was in um uh what is it scholastic decathlon like the the teams that go and they like 
answer questions and shit about like all sorts of things. Um, I was in that. I was also. I was also in regular band as well as in seventh grade, I had picked up jazz band. Eighth grade, all the same stuff. Ninth grade, high school, Jesus Christ. High school took off. I was in every fucking thing that you can possibly be in. I was in um, Latin dance club. I was in marching band. I was in, of course, regular band. I was in... um, this group called Harambe, um, that was really, that was really amazing. Like I learned so much in that group. Um, and I feel like that group was the beginning of me being like, you can't tell me that I'm not black. I feel like that group was the one little last thing that like I was holding on to because this is getting into a whole nother topic, but I feel like that, that group was the one last thing that I was holding on to after being told, especially when I got to high school over and over again, that like, I'm not black because of how I acted or because what I was into or because of how I talked. Um, and it was just so annoying. And that that group, like it, it made me thrive. It really, it really made me be like, I don't care what y'all say. Like, I'm fucking black. I'm I I have a different experience, and that's what it is. Um, I was in. Um, what's that? National Honor Society, debate, speech, and acting theater. Spanish club. I was in poetry club. I did the newspaper for one year. Gosh, I was just in so much. And then also, starting sophomore year, I started working. So sophomore and junior year, I had summer jobs which you would be like, oh, there's summer. It, it probably didn't really like affect that much. No, because the extracurriculars that I was in was also doing like summer practices and things like that. So, <laughs> and then I was also at senior year. I um, worked at Wendy's. <sighs> they didn't care that I was in high school. They tried to make me work on my graduation day. <laughs> but yeah, and then like, so after that, I went to you know college and I was working full-time as well as had a full-time 18 credit hour schedule which was six classes um and I did that all the way through my undergrad and then even my grad school I was working 40 hours and like the way the program that I was in worked you only took one class technically per month but because it was an acceler not really an accelerated program, but the way their program was built, that one class in one month was like taking 18 credit hours. Like you were doing so many different things and it was very much hands-on experience base. Um, so it was it was freaking intense. Um, and at the time I was also bartending. 
So it was long hours, you know, bartending, long hours studying, like, and then after that, it was straight into the work field. Like, I have been go, go, go constantly. And um, it, it made me think about, oh, and even while I was, this is, this is what really brought up the conversation. Even at some point, even while I was taking full-time classes at SLU, I was working full-time at the Hyatt. I also was a part-time student at a community college because I didn't want to have to stay an extra, you know, extra semester and pay more money. Like, they kept raising tuition every freaking year. Um, And it got to the point where, like, I had scholarships. Like, you know, it definitely helped take care of some of the funds. But, like... My parents definitely would fall into a middle-class income family. The issue with that is colleges use that and assume like, oh, well, your parents are going to be taking care of everything. You know, they're going to be handling it, so we're going to use their income. No. Don't get me wrong. My parents definitely helped me out, but, like, it, it got to the point where I... I was like, I, that's why I started taking community college classes. Like, I'm like, okay, I can knock this class out, you know, this online class for half the price and at least, you know, transfer those credits over because like it was getting to the point where I, if I would have had to do another year or, or another two years, I, I probably wouldn't have finished because it, the costs were just becoming exuberant. I will say moving to SLU and not having those those um, dorm room and, and, and food costs definitely helped out some. But, like, I, I don't understand why we're pushing, you know, get higher education and, and the costs aren't matching. And I feel like our Gen X you know, are definitely the generation that's like, go to college, like, you know, get a job, get a house, like, you know, all these steps that they took in order, but it's such a different environment, and it's such a different price, like, and I remember being so stressed out at one point over being like, okay, like, I'm, I'm literally not enjoying college, like, in the sense of I'm not really making friends, I'm not really, I didn't, I wasn't able to do extracurriculars like I used to, like, it really was just becoming a transactional experience of here's my money, okay, thank you for this education, whereas, like, other, you know, I feel like some of my peers who did come from affluent, uh, families um were really able to truly enjoy the college experience that you see on tv of being like oh i'm i'm hanging with friends oh i'm i'm running for president whatever it is um i Looking back, it made me realize, and, and like, and not even, don't get me, 
started on the fucking textbook prices. It's like you have to get this specific year. You have to get this book code so that you can go online and take the quizzes or, or whatever. And it's like I'm, I'm not only having to pay for the class and paying for the textbook. Now I have to pay for the online portion so I can go on there and take the quizzes or do the modules. And, and I would say I was one of those where I would go on all of the, the book selling sites and try to find the previous year and just spend the most money on the digital activation code because, or try to find it digitally because like it was getting to the point, my senior year, I didn't get a majority of the books that I was supposed to get because I couldn't afford it. I literally couldn't afford it. I looked up all of my books and like, it was like 500 here, 600 there, 400 here. And I'm like, I can't do this. And that's one thing that like, I took, I took care of my books. Like my parents were like, Hey, we're going to help you out with tuition and everything, but you have your books. Yo, like one book was like two of my, not even two of my paychecks. Like, you know, okay, hold on. Let me calculate because I, I suck at math. But let's say, okay, I, let's, while I was working in high school, or high school, in college, the highest hourly that I had was 825. Oops. Eight times. Wow, hold on. 8.25 times 40 hours a week times 2. My paychecks, and mind you, taxes were being taken out. So hold on, let's count for that. Let's say like 20% in taxes. I was getting $500 a goddamn paycheck. So let's say 1000 bucks a month. Two books, or is that, boom, that's gone. Okay, so that means I'm not going to have gas to go to work. If there's anything additional that I need to buy, because you also sometimes had to go and buy fucking test booklets. I got to buy my own Scantron sheet. Like, What? It was just, it, it really made me, and don't get me wrong, there are some, there are some careers and jobs that, that do need college education. Um, and I'm grateful for everything that I learned. But I definitely feel like the value that I paid was grossly, grossly heightened. Like, I remember one of the reasons why I switched from Mizzou to SLU is because I remember having the statistics class and, like, my TA was, like, in or used to be in one of, like, the... the fraternities that was on PWI fraternities um, or PW fraternities, whatever it is. The other ones. <laughs> um, 
And like they it was like around game time. His house was having a party like, you know, he he was all about it. And I remember like we had a test coming up, scheduling time to like come in and and like just review everything because I fucking suck at math. Um, I was okay at statistics because like <sighs> one, we were able to have a a sheet that had like the formulas on them, so thank goodness. But <laughs> but I remember I scheduled a time to come in before the test just to like you know go over the like things that I was struggling on, and this motherfucker canceled. He canceled, and then. I went out later that night with some of my roommates. We went to Greek town, of course, you know, enjoyed some drinks. And I see his bitch ass out. You canceled my session. Something that I'm paying for so that you can go out. Like, I wanted to smack the living dog shit out of him. That's when I realized, like, I, 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 this is not the school for me. Like, you know, I get it. Some people were there for a genuine education, but a lot weren't. Um, a lot were enjoying the party atmosphere. And I was like, I'm paying for this. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I fucking left. And, like, looking back, it just, it. I'm like, why is college so expensive? Why are we making families have to literally, it, it actually, it, it makes, considering the climate of America and the climate of how capitalism can be, it makes total sense. It, it, why not make it where it is more exclusive, where it is just for the wealthy, So that you can have another excuse or justification of being like, well, this is why we're hiring only these certain types of people because you're required a certain level of education, this piece of paper saying you did X, Y, Z. And if if people of color aren't able to access that... that education or be able to get those types of degrees, then it's the constant cycle of them keeping each other up and keeping others down, others down and oppressed. Like it's the education system has become such a, an oppressive system that it behooves me. We, we are sitting there talking about these are the children of our future. Okay. Why aren't we investing in the children of our future? I feel like there's no reason why there are schools in, 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 I get it. It's just the area that they live in. Okay. Redistribute the funds. If you notice a school is a public school is literally getting so much money in that they're able to have an equestrian team. Whereas the couple blocks down, there's a school that can barely afford, afford textbooks. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. And it's like, I feel like that's why things have become so disheartening as like millennials get older and become adults because we're we're seeing these things that aren't making sense. We're like, why does it have to be this way? Like, I feel like we keep being told like that's the way that it's been. And we're like, but why? 
Why do we continue to do it this way? Because it's working. Working for whom? Because it damn sure ain't working for everyone. And my thing is, invest less in the unnecessary stuff. Like parties, kickbacks, tailgates. Like, I get it. Sports bring in a lot of money. Then why the fuck aren't you paying your athletes then? Why, where is this money going back? Back into the school? Okay, so if it's going back into the school, it should either be going back into teachers' salaries or going into making making the cost of schooling cheaper, figuring out a way to make it more affordable. Like, I don't... I don't understand, bitch. I don't understand, bitch. Like, literally. And, like, I'm I'm so grateful that I had parents who were like, we gonna make sure we help you out. We gonna make sure that, you know, you're able to, to get the education you want. And I, I did. It definitely has helped me out. In a lot of situations. But I will say. If you don't need that piece of paper. Don't get it. If you don't need it. Don't get it. Now I think about it. I'm like where's my. Now I'm like, where are my degrees? My mom probably has them. I think I have my master's, but who knows exactly where that is. I know the last time I had it was in my house that I lived at in St. Louis, but when I moved, I don't know exactly where I put it. I'm hoping that I brought it back to mom and dad's. Who knows? But literally, if you don't, if you don't have to go to school as far as college, um, for what you want to do and what you want to achieve, I say, don't do it. Save that money. Put that investment somewhere else. Let's see what the average cost of the class is. Okay. <clears throat> okay. The av- they so some in state colleges or some colleges have reduced their fees um, for in state residents by seventy two percent. So that means y'all didn't need all that money. Y'all reduced it by more than half. Y'all, I'm about to scream. Okay, so the average price in 2020 to 2021 for tuition or in-state is $10,000, whereas a public out-of-state is $21,000, and then a private is $35,000. And then, see, this doesn't make sense either. So they said there are some... There are some schools that have high tuition rates, 
but they offer a, a needs-based scholarship, right? So I said at this McDaniel College, uh, the school charges 44540 or wait, $44,540 in tuition and fees, but 76% of the students receive needs, need-based grants. Why not? Because you're literally getting money in just to pay it right. Just reduce the price and still give those need-based scholarships. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Let, let, me, let me get in a position where I can start a school. Like, it behooves me. It literally does. Why are we making education? And, and oh my gosh, I didn't even, and not even just in college, in fucking high school too. Because one of the things that I brought up um, when I was talking to Kirsten is that even with me taking AP classes and 1818 classes and, and classes that counted as college credit, I still had to take so much and still had to pay out so much. Even in with with taking that route, my one of the classes that I had to take my freshman year was like some kind of government class that technically I would have had covered um, if I would have taken the AP test my senior year. But my senior year, Literally, I was in AP English. I was in AP, I think, like, chem. I was in, um, I was in, uh, AP comparative government. I was in AP, um, U.S. government. And then the other three classes were, I can't even think of what my other three classes were. But I was in, I was in four AP classes, right? Each AP test was like 200 bucks. My parents like, we can't afford that. We can afford one. And my little paychecks from high school wasn't affording shit. Like it, excuse you, it, it makes no sense. It makes no sense why we're charging so much for someone to show that they have achieved this knowledge to be able to get an extra, a little bit ahead so they don't have to pay so much. And you're, you're still essentially paying a college credit. You're paying a college credit for this test. A little bit less than a college credit. Like, that's mad weird. That's mad weird at the thought of being like you as a high school student. And that's assuming that, that the child's parents have money for that. What about those? Don't you think though? And then, and then they want to do things like enforce a dress code because we don't want anyone to feel like, like bullied or ashamed because they can't buy certain stuff. Okay, they're gonna get bullied and ashamed because they can't afford to to do purchase a college class, a college test. They're going to be the only ones sitting in that classroom while all of their other freaking classmates are gone taking the AP test. Like, ugh, it's just gross. If we want, if we want our society to do better, we want our society to be more educated, why not make education more accessible? That's all I'm asking.
Well, as always, thank you for joining me for another episode of Days and Amuse Podcast. Um, I'm about to go educate myself on something. I'm about to go, I'm about to, I'm about to learn me something today. My dad just asked me to come help him, um, dig some holes for a fence he's building. So I'm going to go do that first. Then I'm going to go learn me something. Um, but as always, thank you for listening to another amazing episode of Days and Amuse podcast. I truly appreciate it. Um, thank you for your patience as I, um, release these episodes. Uh, I know I've been a little bit late lately, um, again, a lot of changes, but we are, <laughs> we're going in the right direction. We're going in a positive direction and it feels goddamn great. Oh, <laughs> You can follow me on Instagram at Days and Amuse Podcast. You can follow on Twitter at Days Amuse Pod. Um, you can become a patron donor for $1 a month, so $12 a year, by visiting uh, patreon.com slash Days and Amuse Podcast. Or you can... Uh, <laughs> I'm recording this after because I forgot. Or you can go to the website at daysandamusepodcast.com. Um, <laughs> I can't believe I forgot this. I'm literally like in the middle of editing this and I'm like, God damn it. Well, that's the show. Remember, stay high, stay fly. Make sure to take care of your mental health. Drink some water. Um, stretch. Flexibility is important. Uh, also, don't forget to, you know, get a little exercise in, whether it's, you know, you walk around for a little bit, you do some jumping jacks, get that body moving. Um, and mask up. Mask up. All right. Thank you. And I'll see you soon. Bye.